dream that one day, no matter how long it may take us, as long as we have faith in our cause and uh, an unconquerable willpower, knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. This is a time of challenge to our interest and our values. And it's a time to test our wisdom and our skills. This will not be a campaign of half measures. And we will accept no outcome but victory. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. Read my lips. We will respond forcefully. Hey guys, thanks for listening hey, in today. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I think you mean everyone. Oh, so sorry. I need to be more inclusive. Thank you. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'm Kevin. And I'm Brian. And we hope you enjoy. Coming to you live from Brian's Garage Studios, we're live. We're live? Episode 35. Wow, that rhymes. It's an easy rhyme. We haven't Brian. gotten to do that nah, since 25. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was 10 episodes ago. Or Isn't episode that five. crazy? Yeah. Like we've, you know, we've been able to, we've been able to do 35 episodes um, in, in a relatively short amount of time, which always yeah. gets me excited that we're going to, con- and we're going to continue doing this because of listeners like you. Yeah. Agreed. You know what's even crazier? What's that? 30 episodes ago is episode five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested in our topic tonight because it's a little bit different. We're getting, we haven't done foreign policy in so long. It's been yeah. focused on the election, on Trump, and and all of that. Now we're getting back to kind of some, some of the broader topics, affairs. which we, which we have done a little bit more, which is exciting. But right. this one is both very newsworthy in in the moment, but also something long term, broad strokes right. can also be covered. So. Yeah, so we are talking about the assassination of Fakazadi, which is the uh, top nuclear... Nice job. Let's let's give a round of applause. If you're in your car driving, don't give a round of applause. But if you're anywhere else listening, give Kevin a round of applause for that. <laughs> I Googled how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> he was listening. Was it NPR or, or PBS? PBS. PBS. Listening Whenever to I it. search any news now, PBS is the first thing that comes that's to right, my YouTube. That's right. PBS. Algorithms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was assassinated. Yeah. So top, not by America though. So. Yeah. Top nuclear scientist. Uh, and this comes just what is it? Two months after? How long ago was um, Soleimani assassinated? Yeah, killed? Soleimani was. I want to say maybe two, two months, three months ago, something like that. So um, some heavy blows to both the new uh, or the Iranian nuclear program and their uh, military forces as well. I'm sorry. It was the start of uh, 2020. It was in late January. Okay. So, so. more than that. Thanks for looking that up, Brad. Yeah. Um, so there's speculations right now that it is something that, um, was ordered by the Israeli government. Mm -hmm. But again, those are only speculations. We don't know anything now. And if the Israelis are good at anything, it's neither confirming nor denying. (laughs) So, (laughs) which they do with everything. This is actually really important because, you know, the United States has a long, long history with Iran and, and especially the Middle East in general. Uh, which a lot of people already know with the Iraq and Afghanistan war, but we've also been very intertwined with 
I ran as well. So Kev, would you like me to do like kind of a walkthrough? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, so one of the things that really caused some major entanglements with uh, the United States and Iran was the CIA overthrew the Iranian government. Correct. And this was done as a way to kind of free up the resources of the region, namely oil, mm-hmm. which Iran had a surplus of. And they were kind of, I wouldn't say the dominant force in the oil market, but they were a major player. Right. And it was something that the United States wanted more access to. Right. When was that? That was... Um... In the 50s. Okay. Early yeah. 50s. Yeah. Um, so, so they have when this... When everyone was very scared of the U.S. Yeah. And, and you know, they staged this coup. It wasn't like uh, the United States went in and, you know, did something with their own military force. They basically propped up their own government that would be more favorable to the United States. And this is something that happened a lot in the United States history, um, military or, you know, when you call it intelligence or whatever. But in the late 40s, early 50s, and then probably into the 60s, you saw a lot of government interference from the United States side and budding governments. So governments that were just coming to fruition that they might not like, whether it was Cuba, whether it was Nicaragua, whether it was um, you know Iran, Iraq, all of that, they got very involved. And with the Middle East, you see the United States playing both sides. Right. So this has this long-term effect. And something I caution people when we talk about, you know, something I was very vocal about against uh, Barack Obama was the bombings in Yemen and right. getting heavily involved there in Libya. I know he, yep. we talked, I think it was last podcast where he, yep. you know, we mentioned, you know, he talks about how that was one of his greatest failures as a president. When we, when we look back on these things, there are young children seeing these bombings happen and they know who's doing it. They're not going to have a very favorable tendency or, uh, belief about the United States. So that's where we start seeing those terrorist organizations. That's where we see that that hatred, you know, burning the effigies in the street and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that hatred, because they're losing family members. Even if it's the most well-targeted military attack, there's going to be collateral damage. And for what? So you can get better oil prices or you can get, you know, more access to a, a government that is favorable to you. Whatever the case is, that is the foundation of the um, American and Iranian relationship. And from there, we have all kinds of these other things going on. So there is a revolt that happens in Iran after you know the, the United States propped government um, starts ruling and everything. The Iranian people revolt against it. We also have the Iran um, hostage crisis, which is when the Iranians held uh, several Americans for, for I don't know, what was it? 444 days. So it was... It is, was that what, a, is that what Argo was about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they... Yeah. It's a great flick, dude. Yeah. Very intense. I don't know how Ben Affleck did not win Best Director for that. It won Best Picture. How does Best Picture not always get Best Director? It's a popularity contest. I don't know. Right, that's a good point. <laughs> So then we have more destabilization happening in the Middle East, whether it's in Iraq or in Afghanistan. We have, you know, in the 80s, Russia was fighting a lot with Afghanistan, and we were giving um, guns and weapons, namely like RPGs, to Mm -hmm. fight the Russian helicopters. That was Russia's number one 
uh, point of leverage in that that conflict was they had these you know incredible helicopters that you know the Afghani Af- Afghanistan's could Afghanistan's, Afghans Afghans Afghanistanis. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I was thinking of the office, and oh, then yeah. I got wrapped up in my own head, my own train of thought. So we have this this conflict going on. And Russia and, and America were at odds. So in order to beat Russia, we just said, oh, well, we'll, f- we'll help, you know, the enemy of our enemy. Right. right? And then you have Osama bin Laden coming back to right. haunt us. And, and that's something that, you know, long term concerns me with some of the bombings that happened during the Obama presidency. But we see this destabilization in uh, the Middle East. And then you have Reagan come into power and he starts talking about right. how Iran is like this den of terrorism Mm -hmm. they are going to cause us harm and all the same he's kind of working them behind the scenes like hey you're you're really our friends but i have to be really strong against you and then we have the iran contra situation Mm -hmm. so in nicaragua they were having this marxist type um government come to power and Obviously, America at that time was very, very scared of Marxism, socialism, et cetera. And to destabilize that, basically, the United States sold arms to Iran, right? So weaponry, military vehicles, all that. They sold that to Iran, took that money, and then funded the coup happening in Mm -hmm. Nicaragua. And they created so many human rights violations. It's unbelievable. So... We have that going on through Iran. We used that dirty money that we said, oh, you're, you're a terrorist country, but we're going to sell you all this um, weaponry and then use that money to fund a coup going on in Nicaragua, similar mm-hmm. to what we did to you in the past. And then from there, it just continues to escalate further and further. And I think the first round of de-escalation that happened was during the Obama administration when he brokers this deal and essentially when you look back on it it was almost like a bribe like hey here's 400 i think it was 400 billion dollars yeah over five years or something it was mm-hmm. like here's 400 billion dollars stop doing nuclear you know stop right. bolstering your nu- nuclear armament and they did supposedly well supposedly right um and we hadn't seen any proliferation we hadn't seen them you know kind of trying to rearm in any way so it looked like it was going well was it the best deal? No. But it, it stopped anything that was going on. And then uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, came in and said, all right, we're pulling out. This is a bad deal. And since then, we've seen a lot of escalation. Yeah, there was large um, – I, I don't know if it was purchases or like um, digging for um, uranium. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or maybe they were enriching a lot of uranium. I don't remember exactly what it yeah. was because you have to enrich. The they were uranium. starting the process. Yeah, they were they were rebolstering their armament since, and that's because, you know, the France and Germany were involved in the deal as well. And at first, they were trying to hold up. Um, you know that they're both Iran and our allies were trying to hold up their end of the deal. Yeah, but it slowly broke down, and then escalation started happening pretty quickly. Kevin, you want to speak to what's gone on in the last year or so, the bombing? In Iran. Oh, you mean uh, President Trump? Yeah, you wanted to say the, the, the other guy's name. You had Fizaki and... Oh, Soleimani. Soleimani. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, let me cue you in here just so you can say this name that you practiced. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yeah. And, and they actually, they used that name when they made the Jack Ryan series... Um, on Amazon Prime. That's why it's so. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Suleimani is the uh, the oh, bad. Oh, Suleimani. Yeah, it's yeah. so close. That's true. I yeah. didn't even realize. Yeah, that. it's like eerily uh, similar. Yeah. Um, so so we have this instance of, you know, okay, are they you know arming up? Um, you know, there's these issues between Iran and Donald Trump. The well, there was a whole lot. There, there, there's. I, I think there's something to be said for the fact that, um, I think that before Biden got into president or before Biden gets into presidency, I think that Iran was trying to ramp up everything. I think think that you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and oh, I think yeah. that everybody was a little bit of, uh, afraid of that, and that's why I think this has happened. Um. You know, there's a whole lot to be said for this. You know what I mean? Nuclear weapons are a very scary thing for any country to have. Yeah. Um, the U.S. kind of became the police on who can and who can't have it pretty quickly. Which uh, is pretty ballsy. ridiculous. Oh, it's ballsy as hell, dude. It's almost just like, well, we know they'll use it. So well, we we're, have the, to... we're, we're the only country to have used one. Right. So it's like, oh, well, we better listen to the one that actually will push the button. Yeah. Yeah, Which different circ- different circumstance circumstances mm-hmm. at the time. You know what I mean. We'll, co- we'll probably speak to that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's uh, Brian and I were looking at this earlier, and there's there's nine countries that have nuclear arsenals. Um, us being one of them, Russia, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys remember that time in the uh, '60s, the Cold War. Yeah. <laughs> we um, call that the Brian's Garage War because my. It's a little chilly out here today. (laughs) Uh, The UK, France, and France is actually um, has been very pivotal in nuclear, um, not arms, but Mm -hmm. nuclear energy Mm -hmm. because they're trying. I I don't know if they're still working on it or if they've come out with it already. um, But a fission reaction reactor instead of a fusion reactor, which creates far less nuclear waste, which Mm. is a huge problem that we're all facing now. Um, China, India, Israel. Pakistan, North Korea. Actually, Israel's on my list, but I thought Israel hadn't confirmed or denied that they had it. I'm pretty sure we gave them some. Oh, you're welcome. Um, North Korea. And uh, I had South Africa on this list, but Brian and I have two conflicting lists. Yeah. I don't know if uh, South Africa has one. Yeah. There, I mean, Elon Musk came from South Africa. They got some smart people down there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that wasn't like a plug, because I know you're not the biggest fan of yeah. Elon Musk. That was, that's not what that was at all. <laughs> <laughs> any chance you any chance you can fit Elon Musk and any chance I can fit oh, AOC, I, we're I, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good podcast. If we oh can if we can fit in our, our darlings. Yeah. Well I gotta fit in Tulsi. Tulsi's my darling. Yeah. She got brought up. I just was reading an article about her because they were talking about actually ironically enough, because you and I just talked about UBI. Yeah. Um I was uh it was it wasn't an article, it was a, a little clip from um The Hill. Okay. Which is one of the news channels I like to watch okay. uh, on YouTube. And they were talking about how ang- there is somebody that came out of MSNBC now who is reporting that they purposely blocked out Andrew Yang during the, um, the what was it, the Democratic Convention. Oh, yeah. The debates. Okay. They would purposely, like, forget to have his name on there because there was all that talk leading up to they kind of they kind of Bernie Sanders him. Um, Bernie Sanders. But they brought up, they also <laughs> brought up um, yeah. Tulsi Gabbard, too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? How like that they whole didn't thing facilitate towards her? Yeah, yeah. They purposely didn't, which is her. a shame. I wish they would have given a little less um, room for like Bloomberg. I wouldn't have minded, yeah. them, but you know, he probably like said, "Hey, I mean, if you're asking me, dollars. dude, I think they could have been." Uh, Kamala was doing so terrible in the debates too. Her poll numbers were garbage. Andrew Yang's were better than hers at most points. 
Um, and he got none of the attention towards the end. He was pulling better in California than she was. Wow. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I don't remember. I um, know. It was I, so long ago now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but yeah, they brought up Tulsi too. And I was like, thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to nuclear weapons. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so nine countries with them. Yeah. And now there is a whole committee that kind of decides who can and who can't. Yeah. Um, which is this whole thing with, you know, obviously Israel doesn't want Iran to have nuclear weapons. Because of proximity, their right, relationship right. is more than strained. Yeah, so, a little hostile. Um, the other thing is, is also um, one of Biden, once we learned that Biden was elected, and I know Wisconsin today finished its recount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And billed, you know, the Trump administration $3 million. So that's cool. Um, but... They they had said that one of the earlier things they're going to do is look to you know go back to the Iran deal and and, yeah. and start you know peace talks and sanctions and stuff like that. So I just don't think we should have to bribe somebody to stop doing it. No, I agree. But I think I think it's an easy way. It's an easy out. Yeah, you I mean that's like paying someone else to write your paper for you. Yeah, but and I don't like that. <laughs> the thing is, is what leverage do you have? Like. The way I look at it, more than even a bribe, like it was yeah. essentially a bribe. Yeah, for but sure. But it could have also been looked at as reparations for fucking over their entire government early in the Yeah, 50s. but that's not what it was. You know what I mean? No. But I mean, I know you can look at it that way, the, but that's, the whole the whole I think element, that's just putting a spin on it. Yeah, the whole element of hostility yeah. stems from us messing yeah. with their government. The people in power now mm-hmm. were the ones that were raised in that environment right. of revolution yeah. and the Americans did this to us. So the hostility right. in the highest levels of their government yeah. stem from us messing up their their entire. So that's why I say like us bombing the hell out of Yemen right. five years ago, six right. years ago. When do we pay for that? Right. Yeah. Us messing around in Iraq and Afghanistan mm-hmm. for twenty years, and yeah. then all of a sudden expecting them to still be our friends, and then you know we have a terrorist <laughs> attack on us. Like yeah. it does come. We do pay the piper eventually. Right. So. I hope that we can begin to stabilize the Middle East by doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Now, is a bribe the necessary? I guess you're going to think of maybe it can be thought of as an investment in our futures. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, that's that is a positive spin. But yeah, I mean, there's other ways to look at it. Is oh, it's just a bribe. Hey, this is investing in a country we messed up in. We're asking them to yeah. do something, and they're going to follow through. Mm-hmm. Then so be it. That's one less thing that we have to worry about. Yeah, there's another nuclear, uh, another armed country with nuclear power. Yeah, it's a weird thing. You know what I mean? Like the like the the idea of like nuclear weapons and what they can do. I was watching. So I was, you know, in preparation for this, I was I was researching kind of like the history of nuclear weapons, and it's super interesting. You know what I mean? It really a lot of that stuff started, and this is what's crazy too. A lot of this started in like the 1930s. And to think of like the the technology that they had, where they were like, because you had people like um, when the Manhattan Project started. And one thing I didn't know about the Manhattan Project is it was completely silent. It was kept. It was even oh, yeah. like it was kept secretive. Oh, yeah. They didn't even tell Congress. Congress didn't know. And it was a joint project between UK, Canada, and us. Yeah. Um, but you've got guys like Fermi, who mm-hmm. uh, the, the, Fer- Fermi the Fermi Labs yeah. here in Illinois are named after. Um, he was. I mean, this is like the. A, a, plot for like a b-rated movie um where they were like below the football stadium of the university of chicago like colliding atoms yeah in the fucking i think this was that it was like maybe the 40s 
But like, isn't that that's just crazy to me? I, I think we had the advantage of the war going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is why when I bring up like us using nuclear weapons, we will never understand what those people were thinking, what they were feeling, what was going on. You know what I mean? Because we haven't seen anything of that scale in our lifetimes. Yeah. Well, maybe some, I don't. You know how old, I don't know how old our oldest listener is. Um, I don't either. But uh, we'd love to know. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I think drop us a comment. I think it's very interesting when we talk nuclear energy mm-hmm. and the capacity of it. it it's it's incredible. I, I liken it to, and this is going to sound weird at first, but let me explain. Social media. Mm-hmm. It's this innovative tool that connects us in, in a way we never have. Right? right. The power is unlimited. Yeah. And the that power of me connecting with so-and-so in a different country, podcasting and having right. Canadian listeners, uh, Indian listeners mm-hmm. and uh, Pakistani listeners, yeah. whatever, not North Korea because you know, they're censored, but right. anywhere else, like they can listen to us talk. Um, so thank you for listening. Yeah. But the nuclear power, you know, it provides this energy source that, you know, can power entire you know, city grids with ease and yep. and all that. And then at the same time, it can destroy so much. And look the, at Fukushima, the long, look at through, right, uh, through the Mile long, Island. Well, and that, or, or the, you know, the atom bomb, like Hiroshima and Nagasaki are still feeling the ramifications, yeah. you know, in their soil from a bomb that took place 60, what, 70 years ago almost now? Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Killed 200,000 people yeah. between the two bombs. Mm-hmm. And like that's not including like you know fallout. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it's crazy. That's that's the other thing is like people look at this death toll, but they don't look at the long term ramifications. Right. On, you know the the economy, the agriculture, etc. Right. It's very similar. You know, not to be too um, poetic about it, but you know, coronavirus. Like we only know the two hundred eighty thousand people that have died, or two hundred seventy, I think it's at now. Yeah. Two hundred eighty. We only know that. We don't know the long-term ramifications, some of the issues with the economy that are happening if we don't fix. And, like, we don't know. So that was in one instant, you know, that many people died and and what was felt. So that's why this whole armament issue is so incredibly powerful and toxic and all these different things. And and the tensions are so high, like when we talk about the Cold War. No no fighting – well, no – True, you know, well-documented fighting. You know, there was always that, you know, spy-level fighting. Covert stuff, yeah. Right. But there wasn't this, you know, war. But it was so intense. And that's what's so crazy to me, too. And that's why um, it's interesting. Because you see, like, the way that we went into Afghanistan, the way that we went into Iraq, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. um, That just can't happen between two megapowers. You know what I mean? Like the Cold War, like you said, no fighting. But all we had to do is put a couple of you know missiles in Turkey, point them at Russia, and then all they had to do is put some in Cuba and point them at us. And I'm like, all right, cool, let's just sit down and talk. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, it's like because uh, nobody wants that. Yeah, it's like two lions just looking at each other and saying, "Yeah, never mind." I'll go. <laughs> right. You know, and that's so. This is really important in general, but also with the current situation is like, okay. The Biden administration, and once again, I'm not saying Trump did anything here, so bear with me. The Biden administration was going to come in here and do something, mm-hmm. you know, to try and repair that relationship. You know, Soleimani was killed. That's something that kind of strikes me is like, how was there not a true counter? Like, there was like some bombing where 10 Americans got hurt. Right. And pretty hurt, like, you know, 
Well, that we don't we we don't know. There were no they, deaths or anything yeah. like that. But we also don't know is there going to be a counter a true counterattack in the terrorist form or what? Right. But thankful. I mean, but we attack right now. Right now, they're bl- they're blaming Israel. They're not. Oh no no, not, no yeah no no, no, but, no, no but, so, but what I'm saying is they're I'm not talking Soleimani. I, oh yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. So we attacked one of their highest ranking government officials. And yeah, killed we did him. nothing. And they they, did they, nothing. they they bombed a military base, right. you know, and it caused injuries, which was, you know, it sent a message like, you know, you killed you our guy, but we're not bigger, trying to though. kill. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have thought, which yeah. I'm glad there wasn't. I'm interested to see what's going to happen between Iran and Israel right now. Well, and that's yeah. So what I'm getting to is like, okay, so Biden had this de-escalation mentality coming in. Mm-hmm. Now you're having to de-escalate two other countries, not just Iran, mm-hmm. but Israel as well. And you're essentially going to have to broker peace, which I, Israel is also still kind of brokering peace between them and themselves in Palestine. Right. Um, and you know, Pompeo did a really shitty job of that. So we're going to have to deal with that. We're going to have to deal with Israel and Iran. And there's all of this going on. And it's just already such a destabilized environment. I'm very, very cautious as to what our next steps are. You know, where do we draw the line in the sand? Do we hold Israel accountable for things? Do we just, you know, push this all onto Iran? Like, what are we going to do? If anything, we can't be. Do we, should we, should we even get involved? I think we have. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to let the kids squabble. Yeah, but my thing, and I, I understand that we're talking on a whole different level because we're talking some pretty yeah. um, crazy weapons. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know because Israel's got them. Iran, Iran doesn't currently. Right, right, um, or at least that we know of. That we know of, but they do have. The, uh, I'm not trying to speculate. No, you know no, what I mean, no. or be well, like, what, or be, what, or be conspiracy theory here. But like, no. you know what I mean. One thing, a country that's who's what they been, pay us for to podcast about. You know, speculation. Yeah. We don't know everything. They pay us so so very well. <laughs> Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's 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 a little bit crazy. Um, and maybe that's why Iran's not going to, maybe they're not going to re- retaliate as much as we think they're going to because there is that fear. Um, but where I was going with this is like the last country, the last thing a country who's been basically sanctioned and saying, hey, don't make anything nuclear, dude. Um, they're not going to like put it out there like, ha ha ha, we've got it. Although North Korea, weren't they sanctioned? Yeah. And they did it anyways? Yeah. And they weren't held accountable. That's right. the thing about a lot of economic sanctions is in, in, you know, that's something that the United States will be able to do with other countries now mm-hmm. that we're going to regain those alliances with France, Germany, yeah. England. Not that we lost the alliance, but mm-hmm. we were no longer in, in good favor with all of them. Canada right. as well. I think, you know, the Biden administration will kind of repair those relationships. Mm-hmm. And then that's the leverage point against an Iran, against a China, against a Russia. Like you have this massive economic force pushing back on you. Right. So you can't do things because, okay, you bomb everyone, but then what? Like you have no, you have no economy, you have nothing right. because you can't conduct trade anywhere except with lower level countries. Right. Who can't spend the same right. kind of money that we can. So that's, that's what I think the Biden administration will have to do. My question will be is how do they hold You know, do they hold Israel accountable? Because we're going to find out that it, it was likely Israel. We're going to find out eventually. We'll see, yeah. I mean, if early intelligence reports say that, it, it likely was. Just like uh, well, the killing well, of Kishag- uh, the journalist Kishagi, Kishlagi, um, in Saudi Arabia. It was like mm-hmm. the Saudi Arabian government like denied it. And then it was like, no, we have evidence. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was us. My bad. Like, <laughs> if the intelligence community is saying it, it's very likely true. Well, what intelligence communities have said that it's 
Israel, other than Iran. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's just the early reports. I'm, I'm guessing they yeah. got those reports from the intelligence community. Yeah, I don't know. Because everything I've watched so far is basically like... Allegedly. The, the, leader, the leader of Iran thinks it's Israel. There's been no real proof of anything yet. Well, the thing I heard was that it was the um, trademark efforts like of the Israeli military. Okay. Like This was how they operate. Yeah, because it, so he was in his car, wasn't he? Yeah. With like a few other people, and they basically just shot straight into the car and ran yeah. off. Yeah, I don't I don't know all of the details. All I all I've read is that the presumption is that it's the Israel uh military or intelligence community or whatever you want to say. I I just want to know how do we go forward because for me this administration it's it's there's so much to do domestically and um in relations to our, you know, foreign policy. I just don't know how you take it all on. Like how, why, why is there so much military action in the midst of a global pandemic? Like everyone's hurting right now. Right. What are we doing? Right. Eventually we just have to have this like mindset of like, what, what, what is this all for? Like, why is there infighting? Like how can we bring all parties to the table and make at least everyone somewhat happy? Like we're not going to achieve still, because there's still going to be that, that feeling of like, Maybe not resentment, but like there, people are going to hold a grudge. Yeah, you know what I mean. All the money in the world's not going to get rid of a grudge, dude. No, that's true. You know what I mean. Or being like, "Hey guys, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry, dog." Like that's not going to fix it either. You yeah, know what I mean. I, absolutely. I think there has to be. It, it benefits all parties to let go of anger eventually, right? Certainly, certainly. So, but so, how do we get to that point? Exactly. So I think leveling with not leveling the countries, but leveling with the countries, (laughs) there's this element of bringing everyone to the table. And like you have a place at the table, right? Everyone has a place at the dinner table. Everyone gets fed. Maybe some people get a second plate. Some don't, but like just being at the table sometimes is enough. And like having people feel heard, right? We talked Mm. about that several times throughout this podcast. And it's like, why as the world leader, why aren't we bringing more people to the table? Why aren't we leveling up the world, right? And, I mean, then again, we can't even do that within our own country. We can't level everyone up. So I, I, I sit back and I think about these things. UBI. Like, yeah, well, I Level mean, them up. Just give everybody in the world. <laughs> $1,000 a month. Do you know how far that would go? Oh, my God. And, like, I ran. <laughs> like, here's 1000 US dollars for every oh God. individual over 18. Yeah, well, we wouldn't be able to pay everyone in China that much. There's too many people. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, going back, like, this is going to be an incredibly tense situation, more tense than we'll understand. Like, this won't this won't be the darling of the media coverage, I don't think. No. Right? Like, the Soleimani killing was only, you know, in the news cycle for, like, like 48 hours, yeah. and then any time Trump wanted to tout his foreign policy you know debates or whatever Mm -hmm. so you know he was the one that killed Soleimani so he got like you know he thought that was giving himself a lot of credit and there's this element of okay well what goes on in Iran from now 
I don't think it's going to get a lot of news coverage, but I'm right. glad we're covering it in the podcast because I think it's really important. Yeah. I think well, bringing stability to the Middle East would just be so beneficial. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, of course. There's just – and there's so much more to it. Like, because when you're making a military – or when you're making a, a nuclear weapon, it has to be tested. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's got to be tested somewhere on something. Like, we – so we did it in, you know, the New Mexican desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and we displaced an, Native Americans, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was you the second test. That was yeah. the second test. We did two because we did one in Los Alamos, and then we did one near the Navajo Nation, um, which is crazy. Well, and then we also did one at uh, Bikini Atoll, which is like an, a small little island, and we had to like displace an entire island. How of people. do you just? How do you do that to an island named Bikini? Like I'm a fan. <sighs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, a whole island of people had to be relocated just so we could test. And that was when we were like getting, that was in the 50s. That's when we had come up with the H-bomb, okay. which we were using basically helium. Uh-huh. So there's two different types of nuclear weapons. Instead of hydrogen? What? We used helium? Hydrogen? Maybe it was hydrogen. Yeah. Did I say helium? Yeah. I'm so stupid. It floated really well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They dropped it out of the plane. The thing, fucking thing went up in the atmosphere. They ended up bombing Jupiter. <laughs> you guys want to know why Pluto is not a planet anymore? <laughs> Motherfuckers. Um, and that's how it all started with yeah, the Big Bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead of using a fusion bomb, I think, I could be misquoting uh, here, mm-hmm. we used a fission bomb, which creates far more energy. Mm-hmm. So basically, fission is like all these little atoms. You have one little neutron that... Messes up all the other, uh, you know, L- or atoms, um, but then all their neutrons go all over yeah. the place and big explosions. The one um, thing I found fascinating was that it was, you know, the implosion factor, right? Oh yeah. Like I never knew that growing yeah. up until like I studied history in in high school and stuff, and then I, all right, we're, you know, I understood yeah. physics and chemistry and stuff right. like that. But like, it didn't actually. I always figured like. Missiles hit the ground and then blew up, and it right. was like, "Nah, this that was not this." But like, it it was totally different. Yeah. The idea of implosion. So I always found that fascinating. Yeah, I always I, I thought it, um, I can't remember what I was watching. I was watching a doc- documentary. This is years ago, uh, and they were talking about when they first tested it. it. I think it was they they got all as many of the scientists that were still around or that were involved as possible, and they talked about it. And when they did the one in Los Alamos, um, it was. Bar, they, they they knew it was going to be powerful, but like it was ten times as powerful as they thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's just incredible watching like that footage. Mm. It's and we live in an age of YouTube now. Like you can watch that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't even imagine, man. Can't even imagine. I have a question. Yeah, Do please. you think the United States should intervene if a country is choosing to go like Marxist communism or whatever? Should we intervene? If they're trying to become communists? Yeah. Like, is it our, like, is it our duty? Like, why do, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, we constantly, you know, I I understand if there's like human rights violations happening or like, Mm -hmm. you know, Saddam Hussein was a bad human being, did a lot of bad things. And that's something that could be pointed out too. Is it our job to constantly go into places and bomb the shit out of them? Um, Or set up a coup? Like, you know, set up the Contras in, in Nicaragua. Well, the same like, thing, yeah, is that our yeah. job? Same thing could be that? said for, like, killing Suleimani. 
well, ba- right. bad I mean, dude. Right, but is that but our like, job? Is that our job? No, it's not. I don't think it, it ever it depends. does it, as it, well. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Um, it's a good power move because it's like, uh, if you're not doing something that we like or if you're doing something we don't like as a country, like we'll come in and we'll, we'll rectify the situation real fucking quick. Um, and so maybe that's like a scare tactic for other countries. Do I think we should be doing it? Not necessarily. I think if it gets to a point where it could affect us or any of our allies, yeah. then I guess it's time to maybe jump in and, I don't know, show them who's boss. But Well, and the reason I ask that is like, okay, so you know, we, we, de- we destabilize the Middle East and, right. and then we see like authoritarian regimes pop up and we all see a lot of, Well, we see a lot of terrorist organizations pop terrorist up. Terrorist organization, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, mm-hmm. ISIS, etc., ISIL. Um, so we see this happen. And then, you know, we start a war with Iraq, right? right? And the cost is somewhere around two to three trillion dollars. Right. And it's like, for what? Like, wh- what is the point of us doing that? Like, I understand if there's human rights violations and, mm-hmm. you know, the United States, the UK, Germany, France, you know, all of these powers come together and they say, hey, what you're doing is wrong. We're going to start imposing sanctions. You need to figure this shit out. Yeah. That's how you do it in today's day and age. Why are we still bombing the shit out of everyone, wasting so much money mm-hmm. on these missiles, these F-35s and carriers to get them there? And mm. we're, even the gas just to move that carrier. Like, oh, yeah. All the money. Well, are they nuclear-powered carriers? I don't know. Yeah, they are. Okay. Nuclear so, powers are nuclear. Um, or, yeah, those are nuclear-powered, and so are submarines, obviously. But So, so we're, we're spending so much money to do this. Mm-hmm. And we're killing people in, in the, at the same time. Yes, we're killing the bad, bad guys, but good people yeah. are dying too. Right. We're not in a war. And they you're didn't feel, attack and you're us also directly. At that point, you're at that point feeling hatred. Yeah. Like, when do we stop doing this? Like, right? The wor- if we're the world police, that doesn't mean we go breaking into the house looking for crimes. Right. We shouldn't, you know? Right. So, like, that may be a bad reference right now. But what I'm saying is, is like, the idea here is, is like, what are we doing? What is the end game? I don't think the United States has this idea of like, what is the full 25 year plan, right? It's what are we doing right now? How is this going to look? And then pull the trigger or not. Right. It's like, what is the 25 year plan? Like we are a country that is supposed to be lasting hundreds of years, thousands of years, whatever to eons. Well, and that's funny that you bring that up too. And and I'm not doing this purposefully or uh, jocularly at all either. Yeah. Um, But that's one of the reasons I like Tulsi Gabbard so much because she really ran and she said it far too much, but she ran on stopping like these um, regime change wars. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And I think that could have been huge. I think that she would have been wonderful for that. Um, I can't I can't so. think of a single regime change type war that the United States have been in that, that ended, that ended well yeah. or was worth the cost. Well, yeah. Like, and I'm not just saying just money. I'm saying like the human life cost. Oh, right. No, I know. I know exactly what you mean, right? dude. So like, I, and I, I, I agree with you 100%. I really don't like, I have more of that like isolationist well, see, I, feel. So I, I think. I, I agree when it comes to isolationists in terms of military intervention. Mm-hmm. I think it's still important to be involved. Yeah. But like, how are you involved? And I think the biggest drawing power right now is the economy. Mm-hmm. Not like ours, but like just the world economy. We're one of the largest global forces in the, you know, or one of the largest for, forces in the global economy. Yeah. 
Why don't we utilize that better? I think it's because, you know, like when you, um, anytime you, you hear about a self-help book or like a, you know, motivational speaker, yeah, you have to love yourself or fix yourself before you can love and fix others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or help others, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're at right now. I think that we need to heal ourselves um, as a country before we should start intervening in other people's affairs. Dude, I got chills. And oh, I know it was I know it was cold in the garage. Are they, mul- are they multiplying? <sighs> it's electrifying. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a really good point. I I think you're right in the sense that like we don't have our own shit together. And we have this opportunity, and I don't think it's gonna happen all under the Biden presidency. Trust me, when I say I'm mm-hmm. really excited about the Biden presidency, it's more in relation to where we just were the last four years rather than what my overall ideal for America is. Right. So I don't think a, a lot of great economic progress is going to happen under the Biden presidency per se in yeah, terms of said, like yeah, the gap this, and stuff yeah. like that. But I think that's so true what you said. Like we have to heal internally before we can help heal the world. And for the longest time we were just – we were the friend that couldn't get their shit together but gave great advice. That's yeah. what we were. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've had some good years. I, you know, okay. So I used to think about that when the whole MAGA movement happened. Like, when was America great? Right? Because, and, and I know, like, 1990s. Late for, 80s. Yeah. I mean, not for the gay community. 70s, we were like, doing okay. There's always these, like, I, I was thinking, like, GDP. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. In like the 50s, we were booming and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'm not only talking. That's because we just I'm sold just a bunch like, of missiles to people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing that people don't realize when we talk about World War One, World War Two, and like wars make us this economic power. That's true. When you control right. the debt. Yeah. When you're the one going into debt, you are not going to be an economic power. Yeah, we make all of our own military supplies here, basically. So Right, and and then like going into Iraq and Afghanistan, it just made private companies very, very rich in America who then right. didn't have to pay taxes because the vice president was heavily invested in Halliburton. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. I, I you, and, you know, we don't talk about every single point, and I, I know that kind of just kind of came to you. But, wow, that point really just hit it home for me is, like, we have so much internal healing we have to do before we start focusing on the rest of the world. Yeah. And I would really like to just kind of stabilize it a little bit, maybe not fix everything, maybe not have the perfect resolution for the Israel-Palestine conflict or the Israel-Iran conflict. Yeah. But, like, hey everyone is dealing with this coronavirus thing. How about we mm-hmm. do like a Christmas day treaty and just like chill for a bit. And then yeah. we'll really get to like helping everyone out. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, you know what? I'll make my office reference for the day. Mm. When Dwight stops trying to get Jim fired, he stops fighting with Jim for Christmas and he, it's, it's, it's the holiday season or maybe I'm just tired. I don't know. I'm a little depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, for some reason I was thinking of the snowball episode. I'm like, oh, there was no, no treat. No, I no, forgot no. about that. Yeah, the other treat. Yeah, Jim gets his ass whooped in that one. Yeah, two episodes straight. That's a two part episode right yeah, there. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyways, Gosh. I think um, what I really want to communicate with the U.S. Iran conflict is this is this is a big deal. Um, mm. The Israeli uh, intervention here was very 
detrimental, I think, for, uh, you know, the Biden administration coming in and kind of getting things settled. I think they have a lot of work to do now um, in relation to that. Like, yeah, because Israel is a major ally of the United States. So you kind of answer for your allies as well. Right. And this kind of put like a, a big uh, red mark on, on our relationship mm-hmm. with Iran. But I am hopeful. I'm very hopeful that, you know, our, our allies will kind of repair the relationships with us and, and kind of move to, yeah. towards stabilization. At least. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for four years of boring. Yeah, I, we were talking it, about yeah, that with the cabinet. It's like, these which, are boring picks, well, but that's a good thing. <laughs> Biden's going to be a boring presidency. Yeah. They're, like, there's not going to be a whole lot to write about in the history books about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, other than his confirmation of um, Clarence Thomas. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Not um, good. what we really need to hope for is a we need a, a baller of a president in 2024. Yeah. And I don't I, I, it's definitely not Biden. It's definitely not in my mind, definitely not uh, Kamala and definitely not Trump. That's all I know. I don't know who it is. Um, I, I like I do like I, I think Andrew Yang's an OK guy. I like Tulsi Gabbard a whole lot. Um, there's going to be options. There's definitely some Republican candidates that I, I would be interested in seeing. Um, I, Brian, they're out there. No, they are. I hope. Now, Brian said that in like the saddest voice and like looked down. I think he was going to almost, he almost cried a little bit when he said that. <laughs> Maybe they're out there. I hope so. I yeah. hope. I, I, He's like a little balance. kid trying to still believe in Santa Claus. We need balance. <laughs> what I really think is going to eventually happen is the Democrat party splits. Yeah. And the Republican party fades. And we'll see what happens in 2024. I think that the Republican Party has some work to do. They have a lot of work to do. Brian. They do. We get it. I'm just saying. I know. They have a lot of work. I think the Democratic Party has a lot to do, Brian. Yeah. That's why I think they're going to split. Yeah. Into the good guys and the bad guys. And then we'll have them battle it out. No. Yeah, in a battle royale. No, because that's what happens throughout history. Like the Whigs, the Democrat Republicans. Dixiecrats. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you have those splits, and it'll be interesting to see if that's what happens again because we're due for a party reformation, yeah. if you will. I would love to see, well, we've talked about that, the abolish the Electoral College and let all the parties run fairly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, anyways, I, I think, you know, when it comes to U.S.-Iran, the, the key is leading with empathy. Oh, God, that hasn't been said in a while. Yeah, lead with empathy. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to the conclusion of our 35th episode, yeah. guys. 35. Yeah, it's getting real. That's going to be me in a couple months. We're going to have to have a real big party for our 50th episode. That'll be cool. I was thinking about that the other day. I was listening to, I think I was listening to Joe Rogan, and he had a, a guy on who was another podcaster, and he just got into the podcasting game. His background is in comedy as well. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, how did he get on a Rogan after, well... That the podcasting sense. community is 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 far different than like legacy media. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is that night. I that, watched that one that you told me to watch. Yeah, this is that yeah. like yeah, this is that episode that I called you about in the yeah. middle of the night, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and watched it. Um, but yeah, it's a much more tight knit community. Um, but he was talking to Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan's got you know fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred episodes now, yeah. and he's like, yeah, I just celebrated my thirtieth, and I was excited. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. <laughs> yeah. But when yeah. we hit 50, it'll be, we'll, we'll throw a big soiree. Speaking of soirees, December 11th, oh, Mad Libs live stream. Yeah, live stream coming up. Yeah. So for those of you that are often listening, I know this is later in the episode, but just a reminder, there will be reminders on Facebook and Insta, all that jazz, but December 11th. So 
not next Friday, but the Friday after. Yeah. We're going to have a live stream and it'll be holiday themed with the idea of talking a little bit of politics, but just also just talking with our, our audience. Yeah. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do some, um, we'll talk about this a little bit more off air, but maybe we can have some zoom conference calls in. Possibly. With some of our big listeners. You're all big listeners. You guys are all the best. We love you guys. Love like you. us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram. Check us out at uh, madlibspodcast.threadless.com if you guys want some sweet freaking merch. Um, and keep dropping us comments, guys. Let us yeah. let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to We haven't got an email in a while. Shoot us an email. Yeah, shoot us an email. I actually synced that up on my phone, and now like I haven't I got one since. Like, what's the point? <laughs> That's okay. I mean, even if you guys just want to say, hey, you guys are doing a great job, we like that too. Or... You know, tell us we're doing a shitty job and what we can fix. (laughs) We take them all, guys. All right. We love you guys so much. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Well, guys, we're here. We've made it to the end. Wait, 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 wait. Kevin, Kevin, we got to thank our sponsors. What sponsors? Well, we, we haven't gotten any official sponsors yet, but we do have Patreons. Oh. And we should let people know that they can join our Patreon for subscribing from 5 to 10 to $20. Any amount helps. Yeah, thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. If you guys don't want to do a monthly subscription, you can also support us by buying some of our awesome clothing at madlibspodcast.threadless.com. And that's a win, win, win. Win. (laughs) Also, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind, we would love for you to follow us on our Facebook page and our Instagram. Thank you. Thank you.